friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block for Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the Comedy Festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Ostento. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, so please stay tuned.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. Fucking San Francisco. Merry fucking Christmas. This is Free Speech Radio. I don't swear that often, even though I could. But you know what? Hey, you know what? It's the holidays, so tis the season. I'm going to play you some music today. I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective. This is off of a really cool album, a holiday album, from a local brass trio called Lip Service, um, headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pasquale. So uh, here we go. The Lip Service Brass Trio Halliday album. Um, Carol of the Bells, of course. Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas. Thank you. 
Listen to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Solowitz. Welcome to Getting Sketchy, weekly workshop time for free here in the Deep Mission District, where nobody will find you. <laughs> I'm here in the studio performance space with Faco, legendary South Bay comedian, storyteller, improver, musician. He does it all, folks. We're, we're going to be here for the next two hours, working on lots of different stuff, being all productive and shit. Please join us, and uh, I'll get some music going for you. Stay tuned. way that makes it funny for contradicting itself so you remember like Atlantis Morissette song yeah a traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break
Kevin asked me to jump Miliano from behind, but he was too big to get involved. He wanted to help that little fucker anyway. He's forever getting me in trouble down at the St. Agnes Grace where we go. It was the warmest October day that I ever saw today, so we skipped practice, Tony and Yogi and I, and decided to take a little ride down to the ferry and over to Staten Island. After polishing off a hero at Lucy's, we hopped on the back fender of the 2nd Avenue bus and rode down to the ferry basin. Once I fell off a bus like that on a sharp turn and almost got my balls crushed under the back wheel, but this ride was smooth enough and we got off and deposited our nickels in the turnstiles and were off. Just as the boat is pulling out of the dock, Tony takes out a bottle of Carbona cleaning fluid and a few rags and suggests that we do a little sniffing to get high. I was up for the idea because Carbona is one of the finest cheap highs you can get, even stronger than model airplane glue. We slipped up to the top deck of the ship and wet our rags and raise them to our faces. After four deep whiffs, we were sailing someplace else. Bells ringing through my ears and little lights flashing through my eyes. I pictured myself paddling across a river with black water. Only the canoe was going backwards instead of forwards with clouds that were faces laughing spooky funhouse laughs which wouldn't stop echoing. More sniffs and more freaky visions, the ringing bell sound just getting louder the more I breathed the stuff into my lungs. I kept it up for about 10 minutes, but by then I was getting too dizzy to handle it and I had to fling down the rag and make it to the side rail, sick as possible. I began puking wildly. My eyes felt like bowling balls and they were watering like mad. Tony and Yogi had done themselves in too and they ran over to join in the ceremony. Then we recovered enough to hear shouts from the bottom deck and wiping off our eyes, we realized we had zeroed in all over the head of some dude. More unfortunate was the fact that the guy was fantastically huge and looked horribly pissed. We wasted no time in making it for the nearest hiding spot, knowing the guy would be up after us any second. We got to the other side of the boat and did a quick Steve McQueen act over the rail and down to the lowest deck. Then we ducked into the bathroom and into the last toilet stall, locking the door and sweating our balls off. We hung on in there, reading little penciled-in obscenities until the boat docked. After about 10 minutes, we sent Yogi out to see if the coast was clear. He came back and signaled us out, and we ran our asses off the boat through the terminal onto the nearest bus. We came to a nice park somewhere in the middle of the island and played ball with the local lames all day, taking on everyone, even guys as old as 16 or so. It was almost dark when we caught our ferry back to the city again, keeping a sharp lookout for our friend and vowing we'd never sniff that stuff on any ferry again.
across the corner, wounded like rats. Beautiful rats. Put them on the brink, the outer edge of insanity, past bleeding or tears. The ones you choose haven't cried since they fell off the slide. Usually they've been so abused that you wonder if they can take anything. In fact, you kid yourself into thinking that one of them will be able to tolerate so much that you'll actually fall in love with their pain tolerance. Dead wrong there. That'll never happen. Like rats, things get a little vicious. Talk them back to Earth again. Yeah, sure. Throw them some straw to cling to, whatever. So you can fuck them and start it all over again. The guy I knew used to drown his pets so that they were just on the other side and then he'd rescue them. The memory he gave them was a smiling, loving face pulling them out of the barrel, laying them on the grass, dust coating their muzzle. He did it in secret for a couple months off and on, but we knew that he really loved something about those dogs, whatever. It's because he knew what they could take. He was impressed. Stroke him, pet him, hold him, whisper in their ear. Then he'd drown his dog or his friend's dog again. He did it in a big 50 gallon drum that we used for trash cans. His dad would bring them home from the shipyard. Greasy pieces of lettuce floating with particles of who the hell knows what. Anyway, he showed me one day what it was that got him off. Here's his fourth grader. Bleeding scratches and bite marks on his brown arms, laughing in this unfunny way and crooning to these yelping, desperate, writhing doggies. Sooner or later, he'd get them. He was fucking inexhaustible. It'd take hours to catch a dog. You could tell what was on his mind. They'd hide, but they'd have to show up at the wash pail to eat the scraps and dry dog food sometime, right? In fact, he knew that they knew he knew, and that made it better. He'd say, you fool. He grabbed the dog and dragged him away. I'm gonna drown you, Fido. He called every dog Fido and asked me why. Pretty soon the hose would start spinning this greasy mess of water around the barrel. He'd get him in. And you don't know how long it takes for a Labrador to drown. You don't measure it in minutes.
Flat Black Classic is the show you're listening to on the Mutiny Radio.fm coming to you directly live from the Not So Sunny Mission District in San Francisco, California. This show is a epitaph for the 500 Club. God rest you. Good bar.
to the last stop on the line at 207th Street. It's like I was taking a trip to Albany or something, and I'm glad I brought along this sports magazine to break the boredom. So I'm reading this piece on how Bill Russell is going to eat up Wilt the Stilt and all is well until I reach 125th Street and onto the train stumbles this old Irish drunk, and he sits right next to me smelling like a brewery and laying this gibberish sob drama on me. It never fails.